Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to the New Birth Podcast. There's a word of hope for you today and we are excited for what God is doing here at New Birth. For more information, visit our website, nbplaceofhope.com. Now for the message by our senior pastor, Gabby Mejia. Today we have a different program today. Typically we, 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 uh, we tend to share the gospel message by means of preaching. Um, but today we felt Father's Day, who would be better to speak to us than fathers, and so, uh, so we're going to have a roundtable Q and A Q&A, uh, setting where I'm going to ask questions, they're going to answer, um, different perspectives, different upbringings, uh, different uh, idiosyncrasies, and so we just want to uh, share our answers in light of our experiences. Uh, there are no wrong or right answers. I just got to throw that disclaimer out there. <laughs> Um, but we are all going to use the Bible as the undergird of uh, what it is we're going to share. So I invited, uh, in Spanish service, we had uh, several men come from the Spanish service, and we had a Q&A as well. And so we're going to do that again today because uh, we want to talk a little bit about uh, Mr. Dad. We want to talk today to uh, some of our fathers here. Amen. And uh, what we're going to do is I'm just going to uh, ask the questions and then... Uh, in light of the question, should any one of these men want to elaborate or embellish on the, on the, on the question, they can definitely do so. So um, in case you don't know, uh, this is Brother David to my far right. Everybody say, hi, David. Hi, David. Uh, Brother Wayne to my right. Hi, Wayne. Uh, hey, Lay. <laughs> I don't know about that. Pastor Ariel. Okay. Uh, Angel. And my brother, Isai. Okay, all right. Um, I don't know if you noticed the, the promo of Mr. Dad. We, we, we took a cop picture of his mustache and we put it up. <laughs> I love his mustache, by the way. Okay, well, what we're going to do today is um, we're just going to ask some questions um, as it pertains to uh, different kinds of questions. So there's not a, a it's not like a three-point message. It's just throwing out questions that we sat together a couple of weeks ago and came up with questions that we felt uh, w- people would identify here with. And so in light of those questions, then we'll just go on with the answers. One of the questions I have here is, uh, number one, what was your experience with your father? I don't know if anybody here wants to talk about that, but uh, not all at once. Uh, but what was your experience with your father? Anybody here wants to answer that question? Mike is closest to you. All right. <laughs> uh, so my experience with my father... Let's say my father was a, had an absentee father, so uh, it was a perfect example of what not to do. <laughs> so I basically strive everything to um, be with my kids as, as much as I can, spend as much time with them as much as I can, love them and shower them with affection and love, just because I felt like I, I needed that growing up and I never got that from him. So that's basically my... Anybody else? Your experience uh, with your dad? Well, my experience with my dad, uh, my father was also kind of an absentee and sort of not, but he was very compassionate about where he wanted to be. Mm. He wanted to be, he wanted to stay in his homeland in Jamaica, and my mother had a, a, a different point of view. So basically, we, we, we were split because of that reason, but he, he always, you know, tried to instill in me to work hard and, and, and do what I have to do 
you know, in order for my family. So that's where I get my, uh, you know, my work ethic, part of my work ethic from. And uh, that's my experience with my, my dad. Awesome, awesome. Question number two. As a father, what are some of your concerns or greatest challenges or pressures? Any pressures, any challenges as a father? You're raising up kids in this generation. Uh, we know that 2017 is nothing compared to 1990, 1980s, and some of y'all 1970s, raising up kids uh, uh, was a lot more easier, if you will. Now, you know, having uh, our kids having access to so many technological advances and access to media any given moment, what would be, what would be a challenge that you guys um, uh, consider to be a reality as fathers dealing with raising children who are, some of them are millennials, others... <laughs> are the Generation Z, so how would you guys deal with that? Anybody? Um, I would say prevention. Um, I think prevention would be key. Uh, back then, it was, it was, like Pastor said, it was, it was definitely hard to get access to anything. Now it's like at the click of your phone, and it's like super easy to access anything right now in the entire world. So I think prevention is, is key That's right good. now. That's good. Yeah, I, I think as a dad, um, especially with uh, technology, how advanced it is now and how things can seep into your home and you not be, uh, you not be aware of it. Uh, we have to be intentional and involved in communicating with our kids, conversation, intentional conversations, not, um, not interrogation. It, there's, there's a difference there. Uh, when you talk to your kids, you need to talk to them but understand where they're coming from and take time to listen instead of bringing correction, right? from the beginning. I think kids need to be able to feel that they're comfortable enough to come and address you and, and, and talk to you. Um, I think that's, that's important. That's good, that's good. Uh, my next question is, um, who did you or who do you go to as a mentor when it comes to being a father? Um, and I know we have books out there on fatherhood and how to be a father and how to be a grand. The truth is, until you are a father yourself, um, a lot of the books I read, you know, doesn't apply to my dynamic as a father um, uh, because every child is a different world. Every child is a different reality. So, so any one of you guys, and if nobody did it, well, then nobody did it. But have you ever gone to somebody as either before you found out you were going to have the baby or at, when you found out you was pregnant, your wife was pregnant, or... At a given moment in your raising your kids, you realize, I need to get help. So who did you go to? Did you consider somebody a mentor? What was that like? Anybody? You know, uh, raising children comes with so many different challenges, uh, many unexpected situations that come up. And, you know, the, the question prior is, you know, one of, what, what are one of your fears or challenges as a father? I think for many fathers is the fear of failing your children. And, you know, there is, there is so many things that come up mm -hmm. with children that they just take us by surprise. And as a man, men, you know, we're, we're built to be there to, 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 to make things happen, to protect. We're protectors by nature. Mm -hmm. And so when something happens where you can't do nothing for your child, you can't protect your child, it's frustrating. It becomes very, very frustrating. Me personally, a personal experience, and, and, and I'm, you know, we want to be vulnerable here. We want to open up here. 
Um, one of the things, I have an 11-year-old and a 9-year-old daughter. Uh, my oldest daughter, uh, we noticed that there was something going on um, that was not right as far as in school. She's very smart, uh, but we noticed that the teachers were telling her she tends to zone out a lot. She's zoning out. She does her work, and she's getting good grades, but she tends to zone out a lot, especially when it comes to exam time. And so, um, you know, as a parent, we tend to deny a lot of things. Yeah. When I grew up, I did the same thing, and there ain't nothing wrong with me, right? <laughs> and we try to justify everything, try to, you know, deny stuff. But we took it to a psychologist. We ran some tests, and to our shock and surprise, uh, you know, they said that two things. First is she suffers from a condition where um, it's, it's a disorder where certain clothes, she, she doesn't feel right with certain clothes, everything. Some, some clothes bother her, and so the second thing was um, ADD. And so when they told us, you know, she has ADD and uh, you might want to consider medication, I flipped out. I said, no way, the devil is a liar. This ain't going to happen, not my daughter. And so I, I became very, I don't know even what to call it, but I made it a real big deal for me. And uh, I was almost kind of embarrassed and until, you know, I, I sat down with Pastor Gabby and, and Angel and we sat down in the office and I just opened up to them, you know. Uh, it's one of those things where you don't know who to go to, who to speak with, you know. And um, I found myself in a situation where just out of nowhere, we began a conversation and I said, wow, maybe, you know, let me open up. And I opened up. And to my surprise, they were able to share certain experiences uh, similar and that really calmed me down and calmed my fears. And it taught me a lesson that, you know, you're not the only one yep. out there going yep. through things. Yep. You gotta be vulnerable. You have to open up to other men yep. and share your fears and allow other men to minister to you. And so that really calmed me down and, and I was able to approach my daughter a whole different way. There's absolutely nothing wrong with her, amen? She's doing great, she's graduating, she's getting A's. And, uh, you know, it was more of me giving more the devil uh, a space, you know, and to play games with my mind than what the problem actually was. So uh, I think that to look for mentors and other men for different things, you know, for finances, yeah. for marriage, for children upbringing, mm -hmm. you know, go up to men that are strong in certain areas and open up to them and ask for advice. Yeah. Which leads me to the next question, because I feel that sometimes um, one of one as a father, one of our one of our challenges is um, not to be able to provide, um, not to be able to provide, um, and which that leads to a lot of discomfort in marriages because when a husband doesn't feel that he's providing for his marriage, there's a sense of uh, uh, there's a sense of inferiority that happens. And again, this is perspective. This is not everybody, um, and so there's a tendency of wanting to do. Uh, more than the expected to provide as a father, provide as a husband. And so, um, um, but I, I, I think that, that there's got to be some other kind of way to give because I, I realize I've had seasons in my life where as a father, I, I have been able to provide everything, everything my kids wanted. Um, but there have been seasons in my life where I have not had the opportunity to provide everything my kids wanted. Um, so the question I want to ask is, what would be the best gift 
you could give to a child after the, mater the material things, after the tangible things? What would be something uh, that we can give, uh, and I'll ask Wayne, that, that we can give that it's, has nothing to do with house, car, 401k, uh, school loan. Oh, well, school loan. You don't give a school loan. <laughs> if you're going to pay this school, pay this school. Yeah, school loan is school. That was listen, liar. And my young people said? Yeah. All right. What would it be the best gift you can give to a child after material things? I say the best thing I could give is um, knowledge of faith and love. You know, to put God first and then in his life, their lives. Now, why is that important, bro? It's very important because um, you, you have, you have to, 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 to give God his, his, his praises, his honor. You have to honor him because he is the one mm -hmm. that, that, that makes you walk through the middle. You're always... You're always get a snippet of, of the, the end when you, when you, when you go, go through, when you walk, 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 when you're walking, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. he shows you snippets of the end, but the middle is, 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 right. is where you have to hold him close to your heart. That's right. Listen, man, my, my, my dad, Lord bless him. He's, he's a blessing. Um, I don't know how he raised 11 brothers and sisters. Um, uh, it's just crazy. Um, I remember, I remember my, well, I was blessed because I'm the oldest of the boys. So in our house, we had a policy was you don't throw things away. You just shift them down. <laughs> so my father buy me a pair of sneakers. By the time it got to Sammy, which was, <laughs> it was just shoelaces and a tongue. It was, <laughs> it was just crazy. It was crazy. I, re I remember. I remember. I remember that for us, it was a big deal. Like, you know, our kids. Pa, take me out to. You know, our kids. Hey, pa, take me out of Outback or take me out to, to, to Bahama Breeze that just opened. Well, a big deal for us was pa. Can we have chocolate chocolate milk with bread and butter? Um, and those were like big nights for us. And we we actually made a song out of it. Chocolate con pan, chocolate con. I mean, it was just. I mean, I mean, it was just crazy. You know, eleven brothers and sisters and and. And, and we didn't have, I, I remember going to school, I don't know if you guys could, I remember going to school and everybody had the newest gear and the newest sneakers and the newest clothes and, 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 and you know, I can't even, we couldn't even afford a haircut. We couldn't even afford a haircut. My mother became a barber by default. You know, she said, school is tomorrow. Sit between my legs. She took out a scissors. She started chopping my hair. And, 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 and I remember, I remember not having the things that, that I, that I wish I had, you know. But there, was, there are some things that my mom and my dad, and I wrote to my dad this morning um, on Father's Day, that, that I wanted to thank him for what he gave me. He gave me the faith. He taught me to love God. He taught me that a life of prayer is more powerful than a life in, in front of big and prominent people. He taught me the importance of loving the Bible and loving Jesus. And so, and so what, would be, what would be that thing, that gift that you can give? I would say, like Brother, Brother, Brother Wayne said, your faith. Your faith is the greatest. Listen, you can give your kids money, things, stuff, but if you don't transmit that faith, there's something about their faith in Christ that will take them farther. And, and, and we see this even in the Old Testament. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 6, verse 6 through 9, 
Uh, God is telling the people, the father, God is speaking to the fathers, and he's telling the father, he's admonishing the fathers because they're going to go to the promised land. And in the promised land, there are the Hebizites, the Hittites, the, the Amalekites, all of these people that are anti-God. They're, they're not believers in God, and God's going to give them a promised land. But he's saying, before you get that promised land, before you go into un, uncharted territory, you got to make sure you do this to your kids. And look what he says, verse 6 through 9. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk to them when they sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them up as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. In other words, what God is telling the fathers is make sure you put the law, make sure you put the word of God every visible place they can see. Obviously today... The, the application is not writing Bible verses in your door. The application is giving them a consciousness of God so that when they do whatever they do, they are aware that Papa taught them that before you make a decision, before you go about anything in life, you first consult the Lord and you have a, a spirit of God consciousness, which is so important in a world that is pluralistic, Gnostic, anti-God. We have to make sure that we, if we're going to give a gift to our kids, that we give them the gift of our faith. Amen? Amen? I have another question here. How do you or did you, how did you in the past or how do you currently discipline your kids? I didn't say how do you beat your kids. I said discipline. <laughs> how, 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 how do you as a father, guys... How do you discipline your kids? How do you do it? We want to know. Take all the trapos out. Let's, let's, let's. Well, you know, um, when I was growing up, um, my mom, she's an expert with the chancleta. And um, we just looked at my mom the wrong way, boy, and it was on. You know, obviously growing up, we got a lot of physical beatings, um, sticks, uh, cords, everything. Um, That's why he got a, mic a wireless cord. I got a wire. I get I'm, still in, I'm still in counseling. I see a wired mic and I shake. I can't see cords. I get, I get traumatized. I do, I do. I get I start shaking. But... Um, but, you know, um, obviously one of the things, and I've heard it here, uh, a lot of us that we've been brought up, um, you know, we've all, many of us had a physical father, but emotionally absentee. And so for me, I've always said, um, before my girls were born, I said, you know, I'm going to raise my girls the total opposite the way I was raised. I want to make sure that, that you know, uh, I, I show them love, affection. You know, my daughters are the first to receive a rose from me. Every Valentine's Day, they get a rose from me. They get gifts. Uh, I take them out on dates. Um, you know, uh, when they do something wrong, I speak to them. I, I don't yell. I, I don't right away hit them. Do I believe in, in, in a little spank? There's a place for that. Um, do I believe in leaving marks and beating your children? I do not believe in that. Um, but I do believe in in speaking with your children, explaining why what they did was wrong, as opposed to the way I was brought up. <laughs> Mom, why? Because I'm your mother, that's why. 
And so I'm walking around with a black eye with no explanation. Um, I'm your mother, that's why, because I said so. <laughs> and so I can't, I can't just beat my child or tell him no without an explanation, you know, the whole thing about, because I'm your father, that's why. That's not going to cut it in this generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We live in a whole different generation, and we can't apply the way we were brought up to this generation. Because what we're going to create, it's a generation of rebelliousness. So we want to see a powerful, healthy generation growing up. We have to change our approach. We have to explain things. We have to have an open conversation. Um, and that's how I bring about discipline uh, to my children. Um, I remember uh, I read something from Martha Luther King where it says, um, near, the, near the rod, keep an apple. Because I believe in discipline. You have to discipline your kids because it brings correction. But also after that becomes a process of healing and explaining why they were disciplined. Um, because it, it, it's okay to bring correction, but you got to explain to the kid yeah. afterwards. Yeah. Because my father's, my father's old school, so he hit me, and then I would have to go to my mother, why did I get hit? <laughs> you know, but it, it, I, I believe for my kids, what I did differently was when I disciplined them, you know, you got to give it time to cool down so you both could be cool-headed. But then approach your kid and say, this is why I disciplined you. Because even though there are actions that are taken, discipline still has to happen. Because then if there's no correction, they'll continue. And when they get older, they think they could get away with it. So, um, you know, my, 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 my boys will tell you, um, not, not, there wasn't many occasions, but, um, you know, they, I'm... I'm my oldest son now is 24, and he's getting married, graduated from college. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of him, but he'll tell you that when he needed correction, he got it. But doesn't mean I don't love him. That's right. You know? So. Yeah. And, 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 and I, th I, think, I think it's important that we, that we, that we understand the, the difference between correction and abuse. There is a distinction. Um, um, not that we are condoning corporal punishment, but the Bible does. Proverbs chapter 3, 11 and 12, and, and you guys read in your, in your leisure. The Bible says that, you know, uh, he who, the father who loves his child will correct his child. Um, and and, and I, I am, I come from the school, obviously, I come from the school of these guys. You know, we, we got hit first and then questioned later. Um, I, was, I, you know, I, I, I always got the, the bad end of the stick for some reason. Because my father will always punish us in, uh, in size order. <laughs> so I was always the first one of the boys. So by the time the little one got hit, my father was already tired. <laughs> so I got 90% of his energy. And anyway, uh, my, 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 my point is, guys, I'm healing as I'm speaking, by the way. Um, my, my, my point is, my point is that, that I, I honestly, I, there, there, there could have been some things that could have been talked about. Um, but, there's a, but there's another element that you have to bear into the, all this, and that's upbringing. People like Ariel was able to say, which is kind of like generational curses, he was able to say, the buck stops here. My dad wasn't there for me. I'm not going to be there for my dad. But unfortunately, that's not the reality of everybody else. Some people perpetuate what happens because that's all they know. And it's not that, they're, it's not that that person or that father is an evil person. It's that that's all he knows. That's why... Christ plays a, a catalyst role because Paul says in Corinthians, if any man is in Christ, he becomes a new creature. And even though I didn't have a 
physical paternal image of what a godly father ought to be, but God is my father. So I go to the scripture, and the scripture becomes my reference point as to how to live a godly life within the scope of fatherhood. And so, unfortunately, you know, we, you know, I was up raised, I was raised in an atmosphere where it was, you know, corporal first and then questioning later. However, let me say this: I'm thankful to God. I'm thankful to God that my my father spared, the, my father took the rod. I'm thankful to God. Because when I look at the guys I was hanging out with when I was getting whipped, two of them ended up dead. And my other friends are in, were in prison. I guess by now they should be out. Um, but that was the road I was going. You know? And when it came to a point they didn't know what to do with me, they shipped me in a plane. Well, shipped me. They put me in a plane and they took me out of the country just to keep, to keep. And that was their way of saying, I love you. That was their way of saying, and so, and so now that we're in the 21st century, now that we're seeing life from a different scope, dealing with millennials, millennials and dealing with Generation Z, how do we transmit love and how do we transmit punishment in a way that people capture the correction process more than the actual punishment? And, and, and I think that's so important that we as fathers understand that, that you, you, can, you can whip your child, but you might, he, he won't be corrected. That you could beat your child, but he won't grow from it. So it's, it's as I'm correcting, as I'm bringing the chastisement, as I'm bringing that element, I got to make sure that, the pers- that my son doesn't get stuck at, my dad hit me. The focal point is, what did I learn? What did I learn? What did I learn? So, so, so I'm not giving licenses now to start buying correas and whip your kids left and right. What, what I'm saying is, if you're going to take that approach, you got to do it in love. Jesus Jesus chastises his children. He said it. Because I love you, I'm going to correct you. But he does it in love. And I think that love allows us to overtake. The Bible says, love, hope, perseveres. Love can endure a bunch of things, but if love is in there, it'll handle it. If there's no love and it's just violence, if you're punishing your children out of violence, if you're punishing your children because out of hatred, trust me, they're going to grab more than the pain, they're going to grab the spirit because it's the spirit that makes a difference. So, so you got to make sure that if you're punishing your children or if you're correcting your children, you do it in love. You do it in love. And sometimes, Ariel and guys, sometimes the moment the, 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 the thing was committed, the moment the child does that crazy, that might not be the moment to correct your child. You may have to go pray and, 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 and shine up your belt while right? you get ready to beat them. Say, Lord... I need the Holy Spirit right now because I'm with my child, but Lord, Lord, anoint me, you know, because, because you, you don't, you don't want to do it out of anger because you're going to cause more harm than anything else. We're running out of time. Oh, my God Almighty. I have a couple of more questions, but I'll close with this one. Two more. Number one, guys, how do we deal with our in-laws? No comment. With patience. My daughter's going to marry like in 65 years from now. You who? My daughter. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, uh, me personally, my in-laws are great. I have really a good relationship with my in-laws. They have been a blessing. They've been in the faith for a long time. And uh, I have no issues. Uh, So to those who have a problem with their in-laws, I really don't know how to even advise you, but um, I have a great relationship with my in-laws. They are in the faith. They're Christian. They bless us. They're always there in our bad times and our dark times. They've always been there. 
And I thank God for our in-laws. Yeah. Now, let me, let, me, let me just say this. When you married your spouse, wife or husband, when you married your spouse, you knew you was marrying an imperfect person. That's from the get, right? And you, you endure their shortcomings because you love them. Am I talking right? Okay. So, 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 but you have to understand that when you married your spouse, you married your, mom, your spouse's mom. You married your spouse's dad. And so, and so understanding that marriage isn't just a man and a woman thing, although it is, but you're now becoming one as it pertains to family. And I think that's part of the friction, part of the, and this is not a marriage counseling, uh, marriage uh, queen, queen, but, but, but part of the friction is that when we get married, we tend to disregard the person who raised that person all of her life and all of his life, and now we want to create segregation in, and, and that could be a challenge. The other thing could be maybe your, spot, your mother-in-law is Beelzebub's mom. Maybe she is. I don't know. You know, maybe she's an evil person. Maybe he's an evil person. But your job as a husband, as a father, as part of this family is work together to make the family better. Let me tell you, when I proposed to my in-laws, to, for, for my daughter, for my wife, my in-laws said no. They said no. And, and you know, I was angry. I was upset, you know, um, but I just came back from New York yesterday and we was, you know, singing together and loving together. And, and, so, and so even though, even though there are moments in life where, where things get difficult, we got to be able, because remember, we're, we're not just husbands, we're fathers. So whatever you model in your home, your kids, when they leave their house, that's what they're going to model. So it's important that we as fathers understand that, yes, we have to treat our in-laws with love. We have to, even if they get us, drive us crazy, we have to treat them with love. We, because it's not just about us, it's about our kids. It's about leaving a legacy. It's about leaving a model of glory. Last question, and I'll close with this. As a stepfather, how do you deal with being a father to someone else's child? And I'll ask David that question. In my case, you have some... It haven't been any difference at all. I mean, I remember the first time I met them a couple of years, like seven years ago, uh, and when the mom and I became more serious about our relationship, um, one, one of the things I told them um, was that I wasn't here to take nobody's place. Mm. Um, another thing that I remember is that there's no book, no nothing to let you know how to become a father, neither way to, for, to be a stepdad. Mm-hmm. Um, every time I have to correct them, um, I talk to them with their mom on, nice. on, on beside. Um, we try to go to get to a happy medium and uh, trying to be the best dad that I can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to be the the same thing as I will be with my son and my mm-hmm, daughter mm-hmm. that I don't have them with me right now and uh, a lot of uh, comprehension uh, and uh, trust and uh, like I wouldn't uh, treat them with no difference mm-hmm. I don't have seven son I got four sons beautiful uh, that's it. Wow. Guys, 
That's, I, 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 I'll, I'll close on that. I'll close on that because this reminds me of a, of a picture in Scripture. And, and that's Jesus. Jesus had a stepfather. And his name was Joseph. And Joseph had biological sons with Mary who were Jesus' stepbrothers. And I, 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 I am so grateful that, 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 that even when it comes to how Jesus came to the earth, he came like that to show us that it doesn't matter the level of life you're in as a father, that there is hope. There's hope. And it's crazy because Jesus, who by the way, Jesus' real father is way better than Joseph. Can we get an amen on that one? God, who is Jesus, where did Jesus get the walking on the water from? Where did Jesus get the resurrecting the dead from? Where did Jesus get the, the controlling the winds and the storms? Where did he get that from? His father. But there's some things that the Bible don't say Jesus learned, but we know he got it from somewhere. Respect. Respect. He was courteous. He had compassion to others. Where you get that from? Matter of fact, at one point, they were trying to push him off a precipice to knock him down. And Jesus, who's God, could have said, Lord, kill them all. You know what he did? He said, you know what? Here's what I'm going to do. I'd rather disappear than to offend nobody. One time Jesus was in the temple reading scripture and teaching and Mary and Joseph are going crazy looking for Jesus. And Jesus somewhere, when they finally found him, Mary and Joseph, like David said, I, re I, I correct my kids in front of my wife, Mary and Joseph are right, are, where were you? Je Jesus said, woman, I'm in my father's business. If that had been a Puerto Rican mother, what, what you said? <laughs> but listen to this. Listen to this. There, there, there are some virtues that Jesus learned that he got from his father, his stepfather. His stepfather. So whether you're a biological father, whether you're a stepfather, God has entrusted you those kids. Mr. Dad. And perhaps you're not a per. Perhaps your upbringing was probably even worse than ours. Perhaps your dad wasn't there. Perhaps your dad was an alcoholic. Perhaps your dad was a womanizer. Perhaps your dad was a homosexual. I don't know what your situation is. All I can tell you is that even though you didn't have a dad, a model of a father, you got your heavenly father. Got your heavenly father. So my encouragement to you today is be the best father you can be. Be the best father. Well, pastor, my kids, my kids are evil. Be the best father. Pastor, if I tell you what my kids do, I go to sleep, they jump out the window. Be the best father after you whip them. It's a lie. Because here's the truth. There comes a moment in our lives, fathers, that we no longer are the primary influencers in our children. My daughter, this week we went to New York. And, um, you know, she's getting married in November. 
Y'all need to pray for me. <laughs> she's getting married in November. So we've been out to New York. She's been getting married in New York. Making deposits and paying for this and paying for the other. Looking at reception halls in the church. And, and while I'm looking at all this, I'm thinking, good God Almighty, I'm going to give, I'm gonna, I ain't got no money. When I got married, I got married in the basement. Y'all know what I'm saying. Babe, my reception was in my basement of the church. Now we got, you know, anyway, anyway. Huh? Let me confess. <laughs> but I say that to say this. She's getting married in five months. She's leaving out my house in five months. I will no longer have all of the opportunity God has given me to invest and impress in her and influence her in a godly way. Parents, fathers, you'd be surprised how fast 20 years goes by. Between changing diapers and taking them to school and dropping off at the sitters and picking them up to work, you'd be surprised. We drove by, we drove by this week first school she went to in New York, Catholic church, Catholic school. And I was just thinking, wow, I remember the first day she went to school. And now I'm like, Lord, she's leaving my house. So then I'm thinking, I'm thinking, did I do a good job as a father? Did I model to her what a father ought to be, what a father ought to be when it comes to children, what a father ought to be when it comes to being a husband, what a father ought to be when it comes to being a Christian. Because in five months, she's out the door, so whatever I taught her, that's what she's going to do. So she's got two options, either reject everything I taught her because it didn't work, or embrace it and build the legacy greater. So fathers, fathers, pour in your children. Love your children. Spend time with you. Listen, I said in the first service, I, I, I didn't hear my father tell me he loved me until I was married, 24 years old. Never heard him tell me he loved me. And it's not that he didn't love me. I know he loved me. But he couldn't do it. Because his father never, his father wasn't there. His father left his mother when she got pregnant of my father. But the, but, but, but the thing is, the thing is, how do we break that? How do you break that? Because you can justify, you can justify, you know, being the way you are. Well, that's the way I am. Well, okay. But what does being in Christ does in us? So I made it my business. I'm going to tell my kids I love them. I'm going to spend time with my kids. You know, every Sunday after church, you know where I'm at? I'm playing basketball with my kids every Sunday. Because there's going to be a point in my life where I won't be able to do that with them. And trust me, I'm playing, I'm like, please somebody find me so we can stop this. I spend time with them. Go out to eat with them. Because I understand that God has given me a time span to mold them, to show them. So when I see my daughter singing on a Sunday, when I see my son on the drums, and my, uh, the, the guy who jumped in the pool and broke his neck, when, 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 when I see <laughs> when I see them, 
when I see them doing what God has called them to do, that's the greatest thing. And I and I have nothing to do with money. It's got to do with leaving an imprint of my kids. Fathers, your children need you. Fathers. I'm going down. Fathers, fathers, fathers. Fathers, your children need you. Father your children. Teach them to love God, fathers. You can give them money. You can give them houses. You can buy them sneakers. But you got to instill in them the faith. Fathers, instill in your children the faith. We hope this message has inspired you. As a place of hope, our church is committed to reach our community. If you'd like more information about New Birth, visit our website at nbplaceofhope.com.